a Radio 191 FM podcast. Mr. Speaker. Right, it is half past eight on a Monday morning. It is politics time right now on the line. John Moore, Morena to you, John. Kiora. How are we doing, mate? Pretty good. Pretty good. A bit better than the big election in Australia. Yes, you'd be a bit better than Bill Shorten right now. Yes. God. <laughs> Apparently, what I heard uh, is he he had sent an embargoed victory letter or, or um, thing to, to a lot of Australians' main uh, papers. So they could, uh, you know, have the content there straight away for when he won. Yes, arrogance doesn't always serve one well. No, it doesn't. So, (laughs) yes, we're looking at the Australian elections today. Um, Aussie elections, the polls are redundant. Uh, Miracles happen. Labour uh, was the front runner in the federal elections, but the Liberal National Coalition won on the day and hold power. What happened, John? Yeah, interesting question. So everyone was expecting Labour to win and to knock out the Liberal National Coalition government, um, but the reverse happened, uh, and not only has the Liberal National Party held on to, or the two parties held on to power, but um, it looked like they might actually have a a majority of the seats, whereas um, previously they had to rely on a few independents stay in power. Um, so yes, it, it goes from being a minority government, relying on a few independents, to actually a majority government. So they've actually improved uh, their position. Um, and Labour, which everyone was predicting was going to win, um, yes, are, are crying in the corner now. Well, I mean, I guess it's uh, winning by such margin is, is okay um, because people like Qatar and uh, One Nation don't really get a look in. So there's one small victory there. Yes, yes, uh, and uh, um, nonetheless, I guess the, the big question here is uh, why did the polls get it wrong and uh, why did Labour do relatively um, so poorly? Um, and so there's a whole lot of questions about how um, Labour campaigned. Um, did it put too much stress on policy uh, and, and not enough stress on sort of a, a running a more presidential style race with Bill Shorten as leader? Um, what were the Liberal National Coalition? Um, did they, the way they project themselves, was that in a more sort of presidential campaign, putting uh, Scott Morris in front and centre, uh, not actually stressing policy a lot? Um, um, was that the, um, the the key to them winning? Which I personally find a bit depressing. Mm. That, <laughs> that that it could be a focus on leaders and not policy uh, that 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 won the day. Well, we see that in America. We've seen it even here in in New Zealand. With yes, with the whole Jacinda Media uh, phenomena, um, with John Key previously as well. Yeah, definitely the focus has been on leaders over policy here as well. Yeah, I mean, did Bill did Bill Shorten himself, did he promise a little bit too much? I mean, Australia's in a massive amount of debt, um, debt that they kind of had to go into um, to starve off the um, 2008 recession. Uh, but debt has climbed since then, uh, even under this um, Liberal National Coalition. Mm. Um, are people, but you know, the, the, the call, you know, Shorten was calling for tax hikes. Um, you know, did that scare the public? 
possibly a combination of the fact that they they, they did have a redistribution agenda mm. um, uh, using tax and other mechanisms to um, yeah um, uh, redistribute wealth. Um, well, not in a, a completely radical socialist way, but definitely that that was what they were pushing for. But at the same time, not projecting how they would uh, increase growth in the economy and, and, and increase jobs. So that that sort of focus purely on redistribution, but not not presenting themselves as firm economic managers who could actually increase wealth and increase jobs and, and, and increase GDP in the economy possibly hurt them. Whereas all uh, Scott Morrison had to say was, okay, we're, we're not going to um, um, uh, bombard you with a whole lot of uh, new policies, but we've shown that we're managing the economy okay, and uh, that's going to be the focus on jobs, uh, on economic growth. And one of the key, I mean, a lot of people are arguing that what lost it for Labour uh, was in Queensland, uh, where the Liberal National Coalition were firmly for expanding mining, uh, which, of course, uh, is very controversial in terms of environmental issues, but does increase jobs, does increase uh, overall wealth and GDP for the country, whereas Labour gave a lot of mixed messages on whether they would support... um, uh, new minds or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also seems like, you know, they really, the libs really appeal to the working middle class. Yeah, very much so. On, on, on a number of uh, uh, areas, um, um, they would have, there's a bit more of a sort of a conservative Christian thing going on in Australia, where there, there is a proportion of the electorate who, who uh, are sympathetic or can be won over with a with a sort of conservative um, moral agenda. Mm. Uh, um, Scott Morrison is a conservative Christian, um, and 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 he very much pushed himself as a family man. So it would, so definitely uh, he he would have been able to win over that sort of middle vote of of, of conservative or you know relatively conservative uh, family people. Um, so I think that plays a part in Australian politics, whereas in New Zealand, um, uh, that sort of Christian uh, social um, uh, conservatism really doesn't play a big part in our politics at all. No, no. Uh, and one of the other interesting things for me was, and maybe, you know, we didn't really hear much about the election over here, but usually, well, the last couple of elections, at least, they really pushed the boat people message. But we didn't really hear much about that this time round. No, you're right. And um, I mean, I guess there's a general consensus uh, across the board, uh, maybe with the exceptions of the Greens in Australia, on on the um, the, the migrant issue. Um, and I guess other issues have just become more pressing now. No. Um, uh, um, uh, the, the cost of housing. You know, we complain a lot in New Zealand about the cost of housing here, but in fact it's far more of a problem. Australia, um, with stagnant wages, um, uh, um, uh, rising costs of living, and, and, and housing is just unaffordable um, for the majority of people. So that's a pressing issue. Um, uh, economic growth is a pressing issue, and how Australia should deal with climate change is, is one of the big issues. Um, and and I guess so. All those those combination of, of pressing um, material issues, economic issues, sort of yeah bumped the issue of, of migration and vote people etc to the side 
Yeah, but it seemed, but for me, it seemed like Labor were the only ones that really had ideas around that. You know, you, you're saying they did campaign on policy. Well, you know, they were talking about changes to the capital gains tax structure. They were talking about their fight for climate change. Uh, and Scotty Morrison and that didn't, you know, uh, while they were probably countering the arguments, they weren't really pushing it too hard. So if th- those are big topics, but the ones that would probably be being doing the worst on those topics are the ones that got in. Yeah, and, and that's very true. But again, I guess it's uh, uh, in the public eye who, who we're seen as, as uh, uh, the side that could best manage the economy, uh, increase growth, and um, uh, increase you know the amount of dollars people are getting in their pockets. So yes, Labour was definitely pushing a more redistributive um, agenda uh, and, 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 to- and using tax as a mechanism, one of the primary mechanisms, including with capital gains, to redistribute wealth in the economy. But I guess when it came down to it, um, a large percentage of the electorate just didn't see them as a party that could effectively manage the economy and increase jobs. And especially a lot of the electorate even though I think it's up to 60% of the electorate now in, in polls has been shown to be highly concerned about environmental issues, climate change, and is prepared or open to the idea that there should be policies, even if they hurt uh, people in, in terms of um, you know, um, restructuring the economy to deal with climate change, even if there's negative consequences, uh, they're prepared to go along with that. Um, that's what people say when they're polled. But I guess it's a big call to vote for a party that uh, that might quite possibly ban mining or um, reduce um, industry that causes um, you know, carbon emissions, etc., uh, which would lead to um, significant job job loss. Um, and Labor's a party that traditionally has said it's a party of working people in Australia, but they're not really presenting an alternative in terms of um, where are the jobs going to come from. Where is the growth going to come from? They're talking about redistribution, but they're not talking about job growth and wealth growth. Interesting. Um, there was a lot of losers on the night too. Tony Abbott's gone. I found that yeah. quite interesting. Um, One Nation, yeah, didn't do too good. Clive Palmer, <laughs> he put $60 million into his campaign uh, and stood, stood people in every single seat, didn't get anywhere at all. Uh, Fraser Anning, the same. Yeah, so um, with some of the minor parties, um, that we've got to remember that in Australia's system, there's, there's two houses. So there's the House of Representatives, which is equivalent to our parliament, uh, um, which is um, where the government comes from, essentially. And then there's the Senate. Um, and the, um, although they have a first-past-the-post system with some... Um, um, some add-ons, but basically our old system before the 1990s for the House of Representatives, uh, but for the Senate it's more proportional, so that's where you get a lot of the smaller parties. Um, now the thing to remember is that it was only 40% of the seats in the Senate that were up for re-election this time round. Um, so, uh, for example, Pauline Hanson, uh, her seat wasn't up for re-election. Mm. Um, so we've got to take that into account when we look at how uh, some of the smaller parties have done. Um, it's a hard go for the smaller parties to get in um, to the House of Representatives because of the um, non-proportional nature. Um, but in the Senate, that's where the smaller parties tend to do well. But the majority of seats weren't up for, um, for re-election. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what about Kiwis in Australia? Um, you know, Labor Party was talking about giving us, uh, giving New Zealanders a lot more um, rights um, to things like the benefit system and Medicare uh, and the like. Um, so it's probably a bit of a loss for Kiwis in Australia as well. Yes, and uh, um, it's not looking like it's going to get better for the situation of Kiwis in New Zealand who aren't citizens, are just residents, but aren't citizens of Australia. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess there's very little that the New Zealand government can do about that, despite trying to sort of uh, lobby on, on New Zealanders' behalf in Australia. Um, yep. <laughs> Poor Kiwis. <laughs> Um, so, Tough luck, I guess. <laughs> what can we look forward to for the next few years from ScoMo's coalition? You know, where are they going to take Australia? Where are they driving it with with whatever policies they would come out with? Or was it just going to be the status quo? Yeah, I, I say it's going to be steady as you go. Um, uh, I think they will. Um, I think they'll, in terms of uh, environmental policies and mining, um, I think they'll realise that's the area. It was Queensland was key to their success in getting back into government. Uh, so that, that that's they're definitely going to push for, I believe, an expansion of mining uh, and not really tackle the issues of um, of climate change. Um, and with the relationship with New Zealand, um, I, I think it will pretty much uh, continue as it is. I don't think um, this. Um, Liberal National Coalition government will make any real concessions uh, to New Zealand in terms of the rights of New Zealanders living in Australia, uh, and also uh, in terms of the relationship with America. Uh, so Australia, um, both the Labor Party and the Liberal National Coalition tend to take a firm stance of support uh, with America and with, whole, with America's hold um, since the Obama regime pivot to Asia and its competition with China, Australia is far more prepared to say we're firmly aligned with America as opposed to um, China's expansion, say, into the South Pacific and other parts of Asia, its expansion politically um, and, and economically. Um, so you can expect, um, well, I know just before the election they signed a multi-billion dollar deal, $80 billion defence deal, I believe, um, and with the backing of America, you know, America asking, mm. kind of asking them to. So you can imagine they're going to spend a lot more on defence um, when it comes to, you know, securing the region. Oh, uh, absolutely. I think Australia almost sees itself um, as, a, as a sort of a, um, as a big boy uh, in, in the Pacific and, and, and the, the Asian area that it's closest to. And it, it wants to project itself almost in a sort of a, uh, an imperialist way that... Uh, in a similar way that um, the United States projects its power globally, internationally, Australia wants to protect its power within a certain defined region, and the um, it, and it's um, yeah, it sees its biggest competitor um, politically and militarily as as China. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas New Zealand's a lot more ambiguous on that. Uh, um, it, yes, uh, even with this Liberal Jacinda Ardern-led government, um, uh, on the face of it, uh, New Zealand is firmly aligned with America, and we saw the whole Huawei issue where um, New Zealand wouldn't allow um, Huawei to roll out a 5G network because of concerns coming from America over that Chinese company. But at the same time, uh, New Zealand definitely doesn't it 
present itself in any form of sort of uh, military or political competition um, with China. No, which but is we have... Not that we could, we're so small, but yeah. it's, it, it's, yes, it, it, it balances... Uh, New Zealand governments tend to uh, balance their projection of, of how much they align with America and how friendly they are with China. We have seen New Zealand expand the aid program into the Pacific, though, to counter um, Chinese dollars going in. Yes, and uh, I think a lot of that could be put down to um, uh, aligning with Australian and American interests. That there's pressure on New Zealand uh, mm. coming from Australia and America. But yeah, um, Australia, Australia, the Australian government is a lot more blatant. In, in, its, in its hostility to China in, in certain areas, despite the fact that um, uh, China is a, a major trading partner of Australia. Um, what are the highlights and the lowlights for you, John? Um, I, I guess the lowlight uh, was was that a policy didn't win out, uh, that, that, it, that it took on more of a, um, a presidential race and that... Um, Yes, Scott Morrison was able to go to the electorate and um, and basically say, well, uh, we're not concentrating on policy. Uh, this this is an election about me versus Bill Shorten. Uh, so I think that's a disappointment. Um, uh, highlight? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult one. Um, Maybe the highlight would be the fact that it was such a big win that Scott might be safe in his job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll see someone last out a full term. Oh, yes, it's true. Yes, there has been a, a, an incredible rotation of, of um, leaders uh, in Australia. I guess that, that uh, I guess the highlight was for me was that the fact, like you said before, that there wasn't this big emphasis on migration and boat people. So, uh, although xenophobia uh, and, 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 um, and racism all pl- always play a part in Australian politics, um, often quite openly and blatantly, uh, this time round, um, it wasn't it wasn't the big issue. It has been, and in the past, it's one um, it's one. Um, um, Liberal National uh, Coalition power before concentrating on that issue of migration and that fear of, of the foreign other or, or, the, or, or thousands and tens of thousands of Asians swamping Australia. Um, so that, it's good that wasn't a focus this time round. Indeed. Well, it's going to be, well, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be an interesting few years in Australia. I think, like you said, it's going to be status quo. Mm. But I think um, some things like climate change and the effects to that and, um, you know, over the next few years uh, may become uh, more uh, relevant uh, and then, you know, you may look on in the future and look back at this one and say, you know, it could have been a pivotal moment, moment and we mm. lost that. So. And, and, and survey after survey, uh, poll after poll shows that an increasing uh, majority of Australians do believe that climate change is a serious problem. Uh, and, and as I said before, they're prepared to back action, uh, even if that involves significant costs. But we didn't see that, did that, 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 that increased concern reflected in this yeah. election. Well, you know what they say about polls these days? People often say what they think they want people to hear. Um, but in the true reality of it, of it all, um, 
you know they don't, they don't follow through that was the same with an america in america people mm. didn't want to say they were going to vote for trump um, well, I actually think there's a, there's a crisis with the whole methodology of polling now. Um, and I, I, was, I was watching the um, ABC news coverage of the election on Saturday night, and um, one of the commentators I thought made a very astute comment saying, well, the methodology for polling in Australia, and I'm sure that's true through out the world, the methodology has radically changed. So before, it was all based on ringing landline numbers. Mm. Um, now a, a large, oh, I don't have a landline, I don't know if you do, Jamie, but lots of people don't. Um, so they're, they're using a variety of methods to try and poll people, including ringing cell phones, uh, using the internet, um, and still ringing landlines. With ringing landlines, when the majority of people had landlines, you could get a, a, a precise sample of the electorate that reflected uh, the, the, the wider population. Uh, so you could say that that, that poll was reflective of how the wider population would vote. Now it's very difficult, if not almost impossible, to get that accurate sample of the electorate through using a variety of methods, such as reading cell phones, internet, landlines. So the whole um, methodology of of trying to get a sample of the population that's reflective of the entire population doesn't seem to work anymore. So polling's in a, in a sense is in a state of crisis. Might have to be door to door, mate. Yeah, but then uh, you know when 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 are most people going to be home? Uh, that's a question as well, and that just costs the costs of doing door to door would be huge. Yeah, very true, very true. All right, well we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for that, John. That's okay. Uh, see you again, or hear from you again tomorrow morning for, sure. for the political roundup. For sure. Have a great day, mate. That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.